who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. We are certainly in no shortage of options when it comes to shopping. And honestly, that's kind of become part of the experience. Wading through a sea of choices, the excitement of finding that one thing that checks all your boxes, the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Because at the end of the day, even the perfect purchase can be made even better with great deals. And that's where Rakuten comes in. Rakuten helps you get the brands you love with the most savings and cash back. You can start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Levi's, Kiehl's, and Petco, and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The concept is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. It's truly a win-win, because you can shop all these amazing brands in one place and save money while you do it. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hi, it's Malls. Reminder before the show to make sure that you are subscribed in Apple Podcasts. And if you're new, welcome to Please Advise Nation. Our show only works with your participation, so call 323-450-7408 with your dilemmas and life questions. Again, that's 323-450-7408 or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thank you and enjoy. Hey everyone, it's episode 187 of Please Advise, and guess what? It's just me and Christina today, but thank God because... Just the two of us. Mm-hmm. But thank, like, well, we didn't mean for this to be on, like, a crazy day yeah. with all of this buildup and stuff <laughs> that's been going on in our lives and also the world. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yes. this is now a perfect episode. I wouldn't want anyone else here for all the tea we have to spill. Oh Although I will say that I did invite Greg Lisi to come on. Greg, I okay. know you're listening. And read us a written apology for, he, did, he did extend an invitation to him. I can confirm off on, on the record. And then he said something like, oh, you and Christina are really hitting your stride these days or something. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Do you mean like I in said, life or I on said, the pod? I said, really, tell me more. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I realize now that that could have come off as snarky, but I meant it. Like the podcast's going great. So Greg's on thin ice, I would say. 
Um, please so, advise nation. Please don't harass or bully him. No, that's not. That's this not is how something we do. He, this he can is something harass he and bully him in with. real life. Okay, you guys. So we have a lot to talk about. Christina wants to tell a plain story. I have a bunch of makeup that I bought her. We'll get into that in a little bit. <laughs> I think we should start with your plain story because I, I want to hear it. I feel like I built it up, but I also like have it in mind with like my other plain stories. And so I'm noticing a trend with myself when I travel that my brain does not work right. Well, you see how the energy I have for Hudson News. Yes. Like that is like not about Hudson News. Yes. That's about me not processing like the why humans act the way they do. Right. Um, so I think that's very normal and okay. also relatable. We I all know. love airport humor. Yeah. So I uh, was in St. Petersburg, Florida fairly recently for um, women. Your double life. <laughs> for my double life. No, uh, I was at a pointer. I was at training for women in digital leadership uh, for at the Pointer Institute, which is very like nice a uh, great journalism organization. Um, and it's perfect because then you can visit your secret family yes, there. It ended up being so serendipitous. Visiting <laughs> my artist colony of No, uh, but girl, that's dope. Um, that's yeah, dope. It, was, it was really, really cool. Um, it was something really great to be a part of. I, It's funny. We came out of this. There were 30 women in the class with me um, and we were just together in a room for a week learning different things. And so that. now we're on, we have our own WhatsApp group chat we have our own slack channel we're on our facebook group page that's the best when you find like people like that it's so good and we call each other like our pointer sisters like that's great it was a really great experience i wrote about it on my instagram so if you go there i don't post enough on instagram to make this like, i it's, i didn't it's even gonna be the see first it thing myself see. yeah i posted it on my feed because i post i posted a picture of all the women that i was there with and like i'm proud of you it was really challenging it was something that like it forced me to have to think about myself and my career like all day for five days straight yeah and there was a point of time where i had like introspective fatigue introspection fatigue because I was just kind of like, I've looked in every angle of myself and I don't I'm I don't have any else anything else to mine for there this, does like, hit a point. Yeah. What's like, the thing of like decision uh, decision fatigue? Something like, like that, yeah. where there's only a certain amount of decisions you can make a day before like your brain just craps out. Can't do it anymore. Yeah, before yeah. you start to make irrational decisions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I think I had that going on, right? I had um, I was going to bed at like one or two in the morning East Coast time because I hadn't adjusted, but I was right. still waking up early because our cl- our classes, quote unquote, started at nine a.m. Yeah, so I was getting very little sleep, and then around Wednesday, and you can still kind of hear it in my voice, like I got sick. I really? Had like a really yeah, bad that's cold. you had a cold. Yeah, it was a really bad cold. Um, I can't hear it, just so you know. Yeah. Well, I once I did wonder if you were like starting to tear up a little bit, like if your voice was cracking. (laughs) No, it's But I realized quickly, no. It's still like really, I don't know. Anyway, so I had all that going on. Last day was Friday. We're done around 3.30. My flight leaves. My flight is supposed to leave at 6.50. So... I like I'm like oh I could leave for the airport like four thirty five o'clock and get there like in the morning long. in the afternoon I love a good six fifty flight yeah that's great yeah it was like it'll leave at seven but like that's when it was departing that wasn't like the boarding time which yeah I really wish airlines would make that available before like the day of your flight or when you're checked in yeah like I want the boarding information readily available boarding time readily available because it's often more than half an hour before the flight actually leaves I don't know who can do it but I do think that someone needs to like step in 
and like reorganize a little bit of the way that the airlines run in general. Like because the boarding time changing, I think has more to do with flights leaving at different times. Well, yeah, I mean, they'll tell you what time the flight departs, but they don't give you the actual boarding time. Right. So that's frustrating. But that's aside. Isn't it usually a half an hour before? I think so. I don't. I But I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. But um, and I've been flying for a lot, so I should have picked up on that. But um, so I actually split a cl- split a cab with someone, um, and you know we leave, and I'm in the car, and I'm like, oh, where's my book bag? That's where I usually have my book bag with me. I was like, oh, I put it. Maybe I put it in the trunk, you know. And to get from at this point to get from the from St. Petersburg to the Tampa airport, which is where I is the closest airport I can get to for a commercial airline. Uh, it was about 15 minutes to a half hour. Well, it's rush hour. So now it's taking 45 minutes. Right. So we get to the airport. Oh, I don't like where this is going. At 5.45. Homeboy opens his trunk. The person who was with me takes out their bags. I take out my bag. And I realize that my book bag is not in there. No. So my book bag usually has, like, my personal laptop, my work laptop, a book, and, like, my wallet. Because <laughs> I carry, in my phone, I carry my, like, ID and password. It's in my phone. Um, so I oh my god! I got Christina. all the way to the airport without my book bag. I have to go back to the hotel because that's where I left it. I called the hotel, was able to confirm that I did in fact leave it there, and that they were ha- they saved it for me. I'm surprised you're alive because <laughs> I will say like that would cause me to panic, but you in particular. Like, you are even harder on yourself than me. Yeah. Which is, like, shock. Like, I'm shocked I found someone that's, like... Like, when you called me when you when your car got totaled, like, by someone else completely hitting you. Yeah. Completely, like, no way were you in the wrong. You called me and were like, my car is wrecked. Like, or I wrecked my car. Yeah. I mean, that's what you said. I said I wrecked my car, yeah. And I was like... Like what? Like what could have happened? Yeah, and you like explain the story, and I'm like, oh, Christina. <laughs> like it's not that it's not a big deal. I yeah. would have, I, I that would, I would break <clears throat> down. I break down when shit like that happens. I whenever I've had two cars get totaled, and I had meltdowns both times. Um, so I, I know how. I know for anyone who's hearing how calmly she's explaining this (laughs) this is legit panic yeah it's like it's weird i get even calmer and so i'm just like i gotta figure it out so i go i i call the i call the hotel confirm that it's still there and then go try to find the taxi area i get them to get me a taxi i get in the taxi and i tell the guy i left something at the air i left something at my hotel yeah i'm gonna need you to make a round trip to the airport like is that cool with you and also i'm paying with the card he's cool with it we go and we, so like by this time it's like 5.15, traffic has built up even more. So it takes me another 45 minutes to get back to the hotel and it's going to take me another like half hour to 40 minutes to get back to the airport. Right. So at this point it's like, I know I'm not making my flight. Right. So I get, I pick up my uh, bag at the hotel. I get back into the cab thinking like there might be still a chance. Right. So I call Delta and, uh, I realize it's 620. I'm sitting in traffic. It's not it's not going to ha- I'm not going to make it. Can I ask like what is the Tampa TSA like in general? I it was pretty breezy. Yeah. When I went when I finally went through it, but I'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I'm in the car. 
and I finally got, uh, I was able to talk to Delta, someone at Delta. And they're like, yeah, we don't have any flights until like 9 a.m., not at 7 a.m. the next day. I was going to say maybe when you were at the hotel, yeah. you, could, you know, yeah. to, to see if you could stay there if like. I didn't think about that. I thought I still had time to make it to the airport or if or they might have had like one light, late night flight out that I could have caught. Yeah. Like I really didn't think the final flight out to Los Angeles from Tampa. Now that I'm realizing it's Tampa, like Tampa, it's not Orlando or something like that. I would call. I thought they would have had like a 9 p.m. flight or something or a midnight yeah. flight. Like I was willing to take anything to get there. Yeah, I would have called Delta on the way to the airport. I'm not criticizing you. No, I called Delta on the way to the I mean, on the, the way hotel. to the hotel. Okay. I did do that. So they're like, the wait times are 30 minutes. So I put in my number for the wait. Oh, for the call? Yeah, oh, to even to even get on, the, to get, get on the line with someone. So oh, I put in my, God. so they called me back. Mm, the stress. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so I realized uh, in the car ride, they only have a flight out for 7 a.m. the next day, which... I was thankful for because I would still get here in time for please to record. Please advise. Like that was my priority. I love you. <laughs> was like I have to be there Aww. to record. Please advise. Like I can't be late. And so I in the car on the way back to the airport, I realized like oh I'm, I need some place to stay because I'm not going to be I'm not going to stay in the airport until right. seven a.m. It's like that's twelve hours. Oh, like Tom Hanks <laughs> in the terminal. Yeah, exactly. That's not Every, my life. that's exactly the joke anyone would make there. Yeah, I just want to say that. <laughs> Okay, keep going. Anyone. Um, <laughs> Anyone. So I'm like slightly less panicky and I'm talking to my cab driver who was so nice and I was like kind of short with him a couple times, but I think he understood what was going on. Right. So finally I'm opening up and like I secured my seat on the 7 a.m. flight the next day. So I'm like, this is my fate. Yeah. Uh, and I talked to him. I was like, I need a place to stay. And like all oh, the... wow. All the uh, like Hotel Tonight was an app that I use. Yeah. I don't I didn't want to pay like two hundred dollars to stay at a Tampa hotel for like what was essentially going to be like just me sleeping. No. Until yeah. I had it early. I was going to leave for the airport. At like was there like a the holiday in Express? Like so near he talks to me <clears throat> and he's like, try this one. And I Google it and it's full. So finally, he's like, try Howard Johnson's at mm. like uh, this location. So it was like I was just looking for hotels by the airport. This yeah. Point. Uh, and I found a Howard Johnson. It was like $100 for a room. Mm. I'm like, cool, I'm in there. Um, and he knows exactly where to take me. Yeah. So he pulls off. Oh, man. And it's like a lot of malls, but like Pier 1, like those kinds of stores, like a Target, a Best a Buy. Schmalls? Like little malls, not schmalls. Oh. I was going to say it's a lot of strip malls, but uh. they weren't strip malls. They were actually like right. just big, big box stores. Right, okay. Mixed in with like straight on trip clubs oh okay like so it'd be like best buy target i love a little local flavor <laughs> you know like things that you go and you're like well i've never seen that but except for one time in tampa yeah exactly yeah. so it's like i had a night where i stayed at a howard johnson's outside <laughs> of the tampa tampa airport you know that was like a real slice of life that i'm not gonna get anywhere else yeah um, fucking this american life episode <laughs> yeah, much yeah i know seriously i should have just recorded myself also not at all where i thought this was going with the uber driver <laughs> like i know you i cannot believe you told like a man driving you in a car that you needed a place to stay yeah i know <laughs> Did, i mean well, you like, really like, do, you live differently in tampa yeah i know seriously <laughs> um my second family was not available 
Um, right. I was going to say what happened to that. I already told him that I was leaving. Okay. You, you got to stick with the lie. Um, <laughs> totally. So, <laughs> if I learned anything from my uncle. Um, <laughs> so the I have not stayed at a How- Howard Johnson since I was like mm, 10 years old when my family Same. went Same. I only stayed at one when I was like 10. Yeah. Oh, no, my family went to Kissimmee because we were going to Disneyland and we shared a, How- a room at Howard Johnson's that was like next to an IHOP. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had pleasant memories about it. This was, was not next, the same. Was it a Howard Johnson's, like a restaurant? No, it was IHOP. It was oh. IHOP next to the Howard Did Johnson's. they have a restaurant there, though? Because they didn't have one the one time I went. No. It oh. was just close to the... It was like, I feel like I always wanted to go. It's like famous to me. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Yeah. So he pulls up to the Howard Johnson's like Best Buy, Chipotle, a strip club, like Starbucks. Was there a vape shop? No. Oh. I know. There were three strip clubs, no vape shops. So he pulls up and it's like, I just feel like a mood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I get in and I'm like, I get into the little like signing area or whatever. It's called the lobby of the hotel, the lobby. And it's bleak. Uh, yeah. I I don't know how to describe the clientele. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say working class. And yeah. that's not to say that I'm like looking down on working class, but it was a very like think I feel like I'm sounding really elitist, but that's not at all. It was just kind no, of like No, it's just like if you're at a Howard Johnson's, in Tampa, you're in a transitional space. Exactly. Like whether yes. you're transitioning to the airport tomorrow after an emergency or into a new marriage or <laughs> you know yeah. moving on the cheap or surviving a domestic abuse situation like that's who winds up at hojo's that's exactly how it was like i got to my room it was it smelled damp mm, i you, know, you know i know exactly? what you mean it's like a damp smelling room <laughs> with like air conditioning that's not really working it's Low like kind of that's cold. how the madonna inn smells it's like, like old, for yeah. A very like expensive old, place. It smells damp. damp. Like mm. not even mothbally. I would have taken that. And so like, and I noticed there's like like de- mildew, de- almost mildewy, almost. Yeah. But it was more just damp, damp smelling stains. There was a stain on one of the comforters on the first bed. So I chose to be on the second bed. But before I even Smart. got on the second bed, I checked it for bed bugs. Mm. there were several dents in the walls and i was like i hope these are previously noted so that i don't get charged with them but like it's a hojo so like i'm not really not really probably not too diligent yeah clearly um it was just a bleak bleak hotel Sometimes in your life, like even and that's like i hit i hit i hit a i hit a moment and that was just like you know what christina I was like, this is what you get for a not being cognizant of your surroundings when you're like in a rush. Right. That was a very important lesson. It was also an expensive lesson because like the cab ride to and from the airport was expensive. Yeah, I was thinking about that. The change fee for my Delta flight was like. Oh, yeah. uh, Not 800. Sorry. $180. Oh, my God. I like almost shot my heart. (laughs) And then then the hotel was the hotel was like $100 for the room. Um. It it was like, and then I I just felt so like, like lost, like I lost, I had a big loss, and I was yeah. just like I was sick, I hadn't been sleeping the last couple of days, I made a really big mistake, a really big irresponsible mistake that I shouldn't have made, um, and now like these are my this is my life, <laughs> yeah, and it was just kind of like 
I if I just got in my head, I was like, you're just sleeping here. You're going to be gone by 4 a.m. Like, you're it's fine. also like, you know, it's not like everything in your life sucks. Yeah. And then this happened like this was after a great positive experience. Yeah, exactly. It's a one time thing. Like, I recognize all the things you're saying about feeling like a flop or a failure yeah. when that happens. Like. It sucks if you're the type of person that's anal and, like, gets to the airport early and takes that very seriously. Yeah. And then to have, like, just also the panic of, like, everything that's in your book bag not being with you. Yeah. And what that could mean for, like, your immediate life. Yeah. Oof. God. Yeah, that's terrifying. So it was, like, a lot of things that I experienced in this very short, like, time span. And and it was just kind of like, oh, man. It was, like, such a loss. You've got to – you've got to – like and I know everyone will say this to you like forgive yourself for it though like it worked out and now you have a funny story like yeah sometimes when I'm in moments like that and I had money to be able to cover myself you know that was the other thing that was another yeah if this had happened to me a year ago I don't I might have slept at the airport I don't know yeah I don't know if I would have had the like emergency funds to be able to like charge that that 180 dollar fee which you know that's a big girl mood yeah like truly like and that's what kept me calm because i was like i have the financial finances to be able to deal with all this stuff right that's like well that's like the um benefit of growing up a little bit yeah. like i there was a really long time where i didn't leave la at all and people would be like can you go to this for the weekend can you go to that And I was like, no, like, I'm not going to Palm Springs unless I can, like, pay to get myself out of there no matter what. Like, I can't go skiing for a day because, like, if I break my leg, I don't have insurance. Like, some people think like that and it's, like, very uh, prohibitive. Like, you wind up, like, missing out on a lot of things. And when you can finally go on that vacation and know that you have, like – an emergency credit card or yeah. something. Yeah. It's like a big girl feeling, you yeah. know, and it's like, wow, at least I'm I'm here now. That yeah. But yeah. I definitely will always use laughing at something as like a big coping mechanism yeah. in those situations just being like, you motherfucker. Like Molly, like you crazy bitch. Like it's always something. Yeah. And like you just have to laugh about it because what else are you going to do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's really hard. So yeah, I went to sleep. I woke up the next morning at 4 a.m. 3.30 just to get all my stuff together. I didn't really unpack or anything just because I like, but I, I I got all my stuff together and there wasn't anyone in the lobby to take my cards. And then I saw someone like talking on the phone at work and he was just like so unconcerned with me. And I'm like, oh, I'm waving my cards in the air. I guess. Yeah. And he's like, and he walks over and he finally just takes them. And I'm like, are you putting them somewhere? How do I know that you know that I checked out of this like, I didn't want to be on the hook for a shitty Howard Johnson's. Like, that's, like, what I was thinking. And then I was waiting for my Lyft driver. Um, and people were still... It was, like, 4.15 a.m. And people were still coming out of the... Tam- like, the Tampa strip clubs were still bumping. That is exactly... I was going to... Like, in my mind, that is the hotel lobby that, like... When you look up, like, YouTube fights... Yeah. Like, that is the hotel lobby that that happens in. Like, yeah. some, like, pass two like, passing customers yeah. drunk on different levels... Like, just fucking balling it out in the lobby for no reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was crazy. I was just like, what is going on? Why are you still... It's a Saturday morning. I don't know. It was just so funny to me. But obviously, I made it home. Um, And, you know, we didn't record that day. We ended up not recording that day. But it ended up being for my benefit because I was so wiped out. I know. And also, uh, because I had the cold, my ear was clogged. It didn't pop. 
So I had the, I was dealing with that for like three days after. Yeah. So sometimes things out things and my mom was really kind to me because immediately after I had gotten everything settled, I called her and she was like, you know, honey, you weren't meant to be on that flight. That's true. That's I was true. Like, you know what? Yeah, I guess I wasn't. Yeah, like, it already happened. You can't beat yourself up for something that already happened too. Yeah, you know. It yeah, like, it was already done. I don't know. I have a different perspective on it now. I think I'm a That's little older. That's spooky, though. I have like chills a little bit. Like, what if something had happened and like you were saved by the fact that you forgot your backpack? Well, here's the thing. So I found out later, and I found out like while I was on the plane that one of my other pointer sisters was actually on that flight. Okay. So I don't know. I met. A, I got to see a. Her Ooh, that's survivor's guilt. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But yeah. Was on the flight that I my remake flight. The flight that I. Oh, that I you're. Got re- oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Oh, so okay, it ended up great. being that like we were we got to fly together. Was it Southwest? It was Delta. Oh, I love Southwest. Yeah. That's my that's my jam. So not a not a very intriguing story, but I think it was like kind of tense and. It just no, felt like I a think lot. it's I was like, incredibly relatable. And yeah. I, I always think it's so interesting how people react in those situations. Like I have a lot of friends that like they miss a flight or something and they're like, oh, yeah, like I rebooked it. Or like, you yeah. know, I think it used to be easier to finesse that stuff too. Or I just had friends who had money I didn't even know about. But like people would miss flights or like, you know, fucking lose their wallet on vacation and just like things that I think about that haven't even happened to me. And I start to panic because I'm like, oh, my God, what would I do in that situation? And what to your first point, I will say, like, I panic when I I feel alone on an island, you Mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I get calm in group situations most of the time unless there's an off dynamic. But like if there's like a chaos in a group for some reason that I can usually ground myself pretty quickly. But um, yeah, it's crazy, man. It's that's like, oh, God, that's such a nightmare. I feel so bad, too, because like I I know you. (laughs) <laughs> By the way, do you like my glasses? I love them. Is Warby Parker <clears throat> sponsoring this podcast too or just... Uh, I think just Mother May I. Um, they, I bought these. I got these ones and I got a pair of um, like aviator glasses. I want to call them pedophile glasses and I know I just did, but um, they're aviator glasses. But I have to have like a real look going on okay. to have that. To pull, to pull. I was like going to wear them tonight and I was like, you look fucking ridiculous. Um, can we talk, speaking of me looking ridiculous, so can we talk about how we were going to record this podcast on Sunday, just you and I? Yeah. And thank God we didn't because the world has brought us some very interesting events. Again, my mom would say it wasn't meant to be. I I do. You know what? Here's the thing. I agree (laughs) with that. You don't always know why at the time. Yeah. But when things fall through, it's always for a reason. Absolutely. Like something better comes along or you avoided something or... Sliding doors. Um, my mom was just like, you needed to sleep. That's true. Like, you know what? Yeah. That's true. And also daylight safe. So actually this all ties back. So I decided on uh, Saturday night that I was going to do Mother May's Sleep Podcast like notes. Um, we did the Manson Girls, Manson's Lost Girls. Um, it was great. And, um, and I was going to um, – I don't know, like just like hang out and like catch up on media. I haven't watched anything. Like I'm so behind on Vanderpump Rules. I like have no idea what's going on with anything. But of course I wind up watching Selena, which like I only watched the first like 
hour and a half of. So basically, like, Selena and Chris get married, and that's when Maul steps out. Yeah, because like, I once Yolanda shows up, I, like, I get so upset. And I start bawling, like, the second that, like, basically the credit, like, the second that the whatever like studio made it once their logo goes down and like the beginning of the music comes up I start crying like uncontrollably uh, until I have to stop the movie so Christina like and I'm I'm crying like I'm pausing the movie like thinking about it like doing some research like taking breaks like with like maybe like watching like a makeup tutorial on youtube then going back to it because i can't handle it all in one dose by the way this is absolutely not about selena but i do realize that this is it's interesting it's an emotional conduit for you because i saw i saw selena like right before easter for the first time and that's this time (laughs) of year no the 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 movie movie in the theater yeah so I do wonder, because it's like around this time. I have I a very vivid memory a... of seeing it in the theater as well. Yeah, yeah. Because the little girl, I remember this, the little girl in the movie uh, who plays like young Selena is like a little bit of a tomboy. And I remember sitting next to my cousin. My cousin like elbows me and she's like, that's you. Because the little girl did kind of look at, look like <laughs> how like I looked. so like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's adorable though. Yeah. But that's really like. <laughs> I had the bangs. Yeah. That's so like, she's you. And by the way, people always do that to me in movies with, like, the worst people. Like, my mom, like, did that to me during Princess Diaries when, like, (laughs) Anne Hathaway first came on. She's like, that's like Molly. And I was like, she said that to, like, my boyfriend's mom, too. I think it was, like, the four of us went together (laughs) for some reason. But anyway, fucking, anyway, everything's disturbing. So I finished watching the first 50 minutes and I go to bed and I didn't know it was daylight savings time. And so I look down on my phone and it's four o'clock in the fucking morning. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, was I crying about Selena till four o'clock in the morning? So you texted me and I finally got back to you at like 2.30 or something and I was like, yeah, come over. And you're like, okay, I'll be there at like 4.30. And I get out of bed and I'm still like so – I can barely open my eyes. <laughs> and it's just – it's really like – it's really pathetic. But all that said, this these series of events have brought us here today. Oh, yeah. So I rolled up to the house to record and you open the door and I see that like your eyes are so puffy. Yeah. I was like, Molly, what happened? Yeah, you thought someone died or something. I was like, what is, like, I thought you might have been having, like, an allergic reaction that you didn't, you weren't oh, aware no. of, or, like. Although I don't think I can eat dairy anymore. That's exciting. Okay. Yeah. Getting older. Because I'm getting some post-nasal drip, and I hate it. Oh, gosh. And I think dairy brings it on. I had I, some cheese last night. I'm dealing with some back pain that I've never had in my entire life. Like, that's I've never good. had back pain. And that's- Are you, ta- you should take Kratom. <coughs> Where's the back pain in your it's body? It's lower back pain. Mm. It's like right here. That's your legs. Yeah. You need to stretch your legs. Actually, we should stretch each other's legs after this because mine are tight too. Okay. Okay. Um, real friends so stretch tight. each other's legs. That's not tight. Like I don't have a husband to stretch my legs. <laughs> I, I've i come to realize that we might end up like Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep at the end of Death Becomes Her and we're just like touching each other up with the like spray can, can of spray paint. Mm. And I turn to you and I'm like, your lips are falling off. Um, I, I, um, I don't rem- I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Spoilers for Death Becomes Her. Yeah, guys, by the <laughs> way, it's fucking spoiler alert, Christina. Um, but 
so I teased this. I teased this on a previous episode. Wait, do you we want to do a call or do we want to do the makeup? Oh, yeah. We're just like charging. through. It's almost a half hour. in. I forgot like, we had fucking calls on this show. Let's take a call. I think OK, it's let's do that. Yeah. Hey, Amal's. Um, my name is Madison. I am just going through this. This like it, I feel like in the grand scheme of things, like this is so stupid. I've been employed for like maybe six weeks, unemployed for like maybe six weeks, and I'm just I'm having a really hard time getting rid of this like itchy, like skin crawling anxiety of I'm not doing enough, even though all I do is take meetings with potential employers and apply for jobs, which is basically what I need to be doing. Um, I don't. I went to art school, but now I'm working in, in a different field entirely, more on the communication side of things. Um, and I don't even have a creative impulse left to fill my time with. Is there, like, do you have, I know, I know that you've talked about on this podcast and, and the Lifetime podcast that you've had periods of your life where you just have kind of been kind of run to the ground and losing track of things, which is how you end up watching Lifetime movies. Well, what, I, what, when you go through those periods, makes you feel like a worthwhile thing to exist in this world? Not that I'm, like, really in a bad place mentally, but, like, sometimes it's just, like, I'm wasting, like, money not by not having anything to do. I'm wasting my life. All right. Love you. Thanks. Love you, Wags. Bye. I love this because she's like, I'm wasting my life. Okay, I love you. Bye. Yeah, you know, um, she actually reminds me a lot of myself in, like, a lot of ways. Well, no, like, I actually, like, have a good solution for this. Okay, great. Because I I didn't realize that I started going to therapy, to the specific therapist that handles things in a very, like, a different approach for each client. And when I first met her, I was like, she said, you know, what are your goals? And I said, I I feel like I'm not doing anything with my life. I feel like completely just like I'm dropping the ball. I'm failing. And, um, you know, she said, okay, like, let's start to talk about like your schedule, your priorities. And she made me block out like everything I do. So like for your schedule, maybe it's like applying to jobs like 10 a.m. to noon And then give yourself a solid like hour and 15 minute lunch break because that's probably going to include like, you know, fucking around or whatever. And then you're, you know, (laughs) schedule out your um, your upcoming interviews, schedule out time to do, you know, I don't know if you have hobbies. I don't really know the scope of the type of work you do. Maybe it's something where you're going to a class or something that getting on a good workout routine, something that like rewards your body in that way and your mind in that way. But if you have the money to spare, I think that you would benefit from someone who's going to work with you on like time management and maybe even life coaching skills. Yeah. Because I think that, you know, you say you feel like you're working all the time, but you're not getting anywhere. Yeah. And my thing with Mary, like my psychologist or whatever, the thing that we worked on was she said, like, what, what, so what are you doing? And I said, well, I have, like, please advise, and I have my Lifetime podcast, and I do this other, I was doing um, Emotionally Broken Psychos at the time, and I'm helping my friends start a podcast, and I'm working on this script, and I still have this thing going on, and this and this, and I gave, like, all these different things that I was doing, and she said, like, I was listing her, like, 
TV shows I want to write, like pitches, like ideas for businesses I wanted to do. And she said, Molly, like you're not doing nothing. It's just that you're doing like you're not doing it on a schedule. So you feel chaotic about it. Mm -hmm. And it's the truth, which is like, you know, I and I need to be better about this all the time myself. By the way, shopslendermommy.com if you want to go to our eBay page because that's integrated another level of work into my life like Stacy does a lot of the mechanical stuff but like I'll like put up the posts for us or you know I'll like accept bids or whatever and it's just like little stuff but it's like another little piece of my day I have to add realistically to a calendar and yeah I recommend that for you too like do a side hustle right now yeah you know like if not just like to like for starting the store for me, like it wasn't a money making venture. Like it is nice to like walk away on a Saturday with like 200 bucks cash that I wouldn't have made before. Yeah. But um, it was very like satisfying to me to have like this whole like process of being at the store and hanging up items and, you know, meeting customers and talking to people. And it made my life feel a lot more three dimensional. Yeah. You know, because I was being social, but it was like good, clean, fun. I like I am being social, but it's like good, clean fun. It's not, you know, hanging out with like if you're wasting time, if like, you know, if you feel like maybe you're drinking too much, I feel like that could also yeah. fuck up your perception of how much you're getting done. Um, but it, you sound like you're just hard on yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's only been six weeks and it's kind of like now you're hitting the point where it's like the I think you're getting into like the pink cloud of being laid off and like oh i have all this free time to really do what i want to do yeah and like the threat of like holy shit i have to pay my bills and it's not easy yeah is wearing off and so you're kind of getting maybe a little bit panicky about you know what like oh my god what am i doing with my life i'm sure there's some like psychology statistic about like the point in unemployment where you like start to hit a wall yeah and i wouldn't be surprised if it's like around this time yeah around six weeks I 100% agree with Molly in terms of like getting your days blocked out because I don't know, for me, I am a person who has a very hard time with like a blank canvas, but boundaries kind of give me freedom and like restrictions kind of give me freedom because then I'm like, okay, I know all the things I can do within these limits. I like a homework assignment too. So I actually bought a planner fairly recently so that I can like keep track and also just keep mental note of like the things I have accomplished. Yeah, you can utilize those to be like, oh, yeah, I did do these things. Yeah. Don't emphasize the things that you didn't do. And it's easy for like an anxiety or depression brain to like focus in like, oh, man, I didn't do this and I didn't do that. And like minimizing the like, well, I did do these things. It's like, no, these are the things that I did do. Yeah. But I didn't do these things. And that's why it's also like doing it is great because you learn from it and you're like, okay, I need to actually like. One of the biggest things Mary said to me was, like, anywhere you're going, like, schedule an hour in between minimum because that's how long it's going to take for you to drive. And, and like, get ready and get mentally there. Yeah. Like, really think about, like, the logistics of it because then, like, what you actually have to do becomes very small tasks, yeah. like, seemingly. Yeah. And, like, tr- you know, when you when you find out, okay, I wasn't able to get all that done today – then you get to learn, okay, that actually takes me closer to like three or four hours, you know, and that's that's great. Like you learn and set yourself up for wins that way. Absolutely. So like the next time you write it in your calendar, you can be like more generous with your time. Yeah. And the other thing that I was forced to really think about during this like introspective class thing that I was doing 
is they approached, uh, they taught us to like approach things of thinking of is like instead of a work-life balance, because eventually like something has to give in order to achieve balance, you think of more as like a work-life chemistry and like what thing, elements of the chemistry do you need to like have a good solid life. That's and so a really great concept. Something that I, they made us break down to like um, professional things that you do for your professional life, things that's interpersonal, which is like, for me, please advise is an interpersonal thing because it is kind of work but it is a personal thing. Yeah, for sure. And then the final bubble is like the personal bubble, the things you only really do for you. And so like when I was filling it out, I actually, where's the bubble for your other family? <laughs> <laughs> That's just in the personal bubble. Right. Okay. Um, in the, in the smaller bubble in the personal. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe sorry. Time. So my work bubble ended up being super full mm-hmm. and my interpersonal bubble was kind of kind of full, you know, including things from Please Advise. But like I was struggling to fill that personal bubble of things you do for just yourself. Yes. Yeah. And that hit me like to like I felt like and we also had a lab partner. So yeah. We, like I had to do these things to share in an exercise with another person and I couldn't come up with like personal things I do for myself like to even do in this this exercise to fully help my other person do their exercise yeah so it was like i was failing this other person somehow i should feel shame because i wasn't caring for myself i couldn't even fill in a bubble that was like personal things i do for myself and it was a great reckoning because it was like a realization of like this is an area of my life i haven't developed yeah in lieu of you know i thought about personal like i thought please advise was like a personal thing but it's not it is kind of work yeah and no, so, it's like, for sure. It's not a hobby. No, for sure. Um, it's yeah. Things start out as hobbies, and then the more you care about right. it and take it seriously, it turns into a job. And I think this also hits at something else that she was kind of getting at, where you're burnt out creatively. You're burnt yeah. out emotionally. You're burnt out, and that you know there was a big burnout article that in BuzzFeed that was written a couple of weeks ago, and how our entire generation is a, a bunch of burnouts. And it's like, just be cognizant of developing the personal aspects of your life. Like, imagine your own personal bubble and what words you're going to fill with it. Because that's how you are happy. Yeah. You need a break from, you know, I've been unemployed. That's like, finding a job is a job. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And like, trying to create things for it to get more jobs is also extra work. Yeah. So like, my other question to her is, what are you doing in the personal life area yeah. To like give yourself that rest, to give yourself that charge. I really admire people that can do that without that reckoning. Yeah. Like there are just some people out there that, you know, kind of steer clear of certain news. They steer clear of like certain media and and people and interactions and like they just – they just are um, – they can be unplugged and it's not something anyone had to tell them. But – I think especially for people like you and me who are all such internet people at heart too. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, it's it's burnout. Like because there's something addictive and fun about the information, but then at a certain point it's just literally feeding an addiction. Yeah. Like I just wake up every day and I want to know the news. Um, and part of me thinks it's because like I want to know if 9-11 happened, but like I also – I just need to, I need to know. And it's not, nor I, what, what's within me? Like, what do I have that's just for me? Like, why don't I have a ritual for myself? Yeah. Why don't I fucking meditate in the morning? So what I ended up doing was like, I bought, I was at the bookstore, I was at Barnes & Noble, the bookstore, it's Barnes & Noble. 
Um, mm -hmm. And I was just looking for one of the books that they recommended. Not Spawn, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah sorry no, <laughs> but um i was looking for one of the books that was mentioned during one of the presentations and i ran into like self-care for cancers and i was oh, like this is dumb right god bless this is dumb right but no you need it but it's like very basic levels of self-care that you could be applicable to anybody or at yeah least to start in knowing how to think about self-care for yourself yeah and so it was something simple as like Cancer is like bergamot for, you know, so buy bergamot essential oil and burn it and like. Is that helping? And like it is. I like it. It's a citrusy smell, but it's also just like, oh, I need to take a beat and like rub it into my temples or like, you know, burn it somewhere. You really are a cancer. And it is like it just smells good. It just like I enjoy it like calms me and it's just like uh, it's like a little mini thing I can do. I'm really into like starting tiny habits to like add up to big things that's so like, like an easy keeping my room keeping yeah. my room clean i cleared off my desk so i can work on it you know i like have this little bergamot oil that i burn for myself and like all those little tiny habits and changes are amassing to like a lot of personal care oh i love that <laughs> i'm so happy for you yeah so start thinking about the small things the small personal things you can do for yourself to really like snap yourself out of this kind of like total burnout I can't. I think this is a good transition yeah. for our next segment. Okay, where I give you this makeup I bought you. Right, I forgot that was happening. Okay, so I bought Christina <laughs> makeup because, as Christina was saying, like I've seen a lot of change in Christina this year. She's really coming to her own in like a really amazing way. And Thank I don't you. know if it's the extra family or what, <laughs> but you've been working on yourself a lot, and I know that like you want to get a little bit more like well, you loved it when I gave you um that skin shit yeah okay <laughs> that skin shit it's like a nice skin product I know you loved that and I was like what if like Christina got some like really basic staple makeup yeah and I have always loved the brand Tarte and okay. by the way I bought this with my own money everyone this is not a fucking sponsorship <laughs> not SwanCon but I also they have had big big controversies with having a very limited shade range right and it's like a, it's a problem for yeah. them and I went into it being like well one I don't want to know if I like even want to patronize this business yeah knowing that this is like their approach to branding or whatever. Then I thought, I think it would be interesting to find out. Plus I think that there a lot of their other products are very like no shade entry level. Like it's not stuff that's like going to be like, Oh, this is like heavy ass Mac makeup. If or we're something. talking about a makeup company, wouldn't it be all shade? Oh, mm, true. <laughs> Sorry. Mm, that was bad. Mm. No, I love that. Uh, then, no, that's good. Um, wait, I fucking forgot where I was going. You're presenting me with makeup. Oh, I know. Um, oh, but like, yeah. So basically, like, I think Glossier shade. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, uh, you know, just facts. No, no shade, no tea, just facts. Um, we're 40. Um, so <laughs> anyway, um, I know I also am thinking about how like I'm in the 30 to 40 range, not the 20 to 30 range. I know. I don't want to like, yeah, I'm fine with how old I am. It's just sometimes oh, yeah. I think about it and I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I didn't even think I'd live this long. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? Like, I know exactly what you mean. I wasn't thinking. I was like, oh, I'll be in the 27 Club. And I don't mean that in a way that like I thought that I would be a legendary dead person. I mean that I just thought I would be regular ass dead by 27. Right. Um. So anyway, <laughs> I picked out some things for you. There's some like basics. I'm going to hand over some stuff to Do you want me to hand it or do you want to do you want to open it? How do you what do you what do you think is the good good way to go for about this? Like okay, I'll I'll hand it to you. Should I close my eyes? I'll hand it to you because I also know that you don't love gifts, but I can explain it to you this way. We've already like I've mentally prepared for this. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. You didn't spring it on me. So the first thing I did was I got a brush set that is uh, it's a high performance natural tart brush set. It's not out of control expensive, but it was it was definitely on sale. Okay. But their brushes are very well, no, I don't mean that in like a No, I know. But like this is it's more expensive than what I paid for it, but I'm gonna try to take a photo for it's please. It's definitely this. good entry level brushes. I don't know if you want to get in These there and nice. feel the bristles. Yeah, I kinda wanna fill the wood. They're the they're the butcher one of the two sets I got. I told you that when we were at CVS and I was like, Hey, so I got you some stuff. Um I was like, I didn't know what to get you because also you know, I didn't know like how girly you wanted to go with some of this stuff. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know how femme I am, but I have some other. Well, I mean, also, that's part of the exploration of all this. Maybe you'll really love putting on makeup. I don't know. Oh, this is nice. It's a wood brush yeah. with a little all natch bristle. It has a nice little finish. Yeah, I don't want to take it out just yet. Just touch the bristles. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, I'm telling you, girl. That's what I want you oh, to know about. Oh, it's like about. silky. That's what I want you to know about. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Then um, <laughs> I got um, this is called Blot Party, and it's on the go mattifiers. So this is like if you because I didn't get, I got like basically really light stuff. So you would be wearing like no or very minimal foundation. So this is like if you have a midday grease moment. I like I the name. I haven't seen Blot Party. Yeah, I haven't seen this yet. But I do like their products. I like Tarte. I just am like... You know what it is about makeup? And I don't know if it's because I'm Catholic, but the like... Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Oh, it's cute. And then there's a little like... It, it's like brush. powder and like... There's powder with a brush and then there's like little sheets too. Yeah. So that's like cute. And yeah. And it comes in a cute little like claspy thing. Love, love yeah. this for I'm you. I'm gonna try to maybe do some stuff in the next year, like professionally. So I need to look good, and this will help me look good. Oh hell yeah! Okay. So yeah, I don't know if it's because I'm Catholic, but like I have a. You were raised Catholic. Yes. To clarify, I was, I was raised Catholic. I am now an atheist. Um, <clears throat> but I have trouble getting over the whole vanity thing when it comes to makeup. Yeah, and not feeling like sinful or guilty or evil for like that. Yeah. Well, even our grandmothers, like, wore makeup to mass. Like, you know, there was a certain, like, quote-unquote dignity about it. But someone was saying to me recently, like, I was like, oh, I'm getting, like, better about, like, putting on makeup and stuff, like, during the day. And they were like, yeah, at a certain point, you know, it's, like, kind of just, like, a self-respect thing. And I was like, no, for me, it's, like, a depression thing. Yeah. Like, it it's hard for me to motivate to, like look good and like sometimes it's just like an accomplishment for me yeah and I I do know that that really does though that's the I, attitude around it it sparks from a time where there's like you know pulling yourself together it does make you feel better right yeah um yeah it makes me feel not like myself 
really? I'm like hyper cognizant that there's something on my face. Mm. And I don't know if that goes away, like with just getting used to wearing it. But yeah. I like for me, it's interesting because it is like a little bit of like have some self-dignity. I get that. I think I get that. Point well, of I view. hate that. But for yeah. me, it's like I hate that because like it's not that's like so men don't have self-dignity. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Well, like, like there are like certain people. It's like <clears throat> I just think that like people who you know, take a lot of, like, high-key pride in their grooming and stuff like that. Like, that's, like, a special thing. It's not for everyone. And, like, especially, like, it is so hard for people with, like, certain, like, you know, situations, like, whether it be, like, mental health or health or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like a, you know, it's a big deal sometimes. No, I mean, I know there are people who it makes them feel normal or they might have some skin condition that, like, makeup helps them, like, blend into totally. the day and, like, that makes them, and I kind of, like, I totally respect that and it is helpful, but it is this also idea of, like, you're still covering up something. Right. And, like, if we're trying to move forward as a society to accept people how they are. Yeah. You know, we should move away from hiding stuff. But it's hard because we live in the present now where that stuff does matter. Well, so it you want to have a good quality of life. It's what makes you feel good. It's like yeah. there's a spectrum in every area of life. Like think of any average workplace. Like there's someone who comes in in full makeup with blow-dried hair every day. Yeah. That's and my then mom. there's people that are what? <laughs> that's my mom. Yeah. It's like wild when I go home and I watch her get ready for work. It takes her like an extra hour and she's she does her hair every single morning. She yeah. washes and does her hair every single morning. She does my mom's full makeup like that too. Yeah, every single morning, I'm like, "How do you do this?" Like, yeah, and then you commute for an hour. But there's a pleasure in it for that, for right. like the for presentation. It's a personality thing. Yeah, it's like it's all of that, and um, you know. But again, like that's not for everyone. And then on the other end of the spectrum, like there's people that show up looking far shittier than you and I. <laughs> You know, and so like there's a spectrum on there and it's like, where do you want to be? Like, do you want to be super extra or no? And that's also why I picked this brand, too, because it's like really minimal. Uh And like you can do all of this without a heavy foundation or whatever, you know. But well, I'll show you the foundation that came and why this is a troubling situation to me. I like really like felt guilty and bad about it. Oh, so I mean, no, it's not like. Poor Molly. It's just like, what the fuck's up with this brand? I was like, oh, no, like, this is worst case scenario. This, this is why like, it's not SpawnCon. White girl buys, like, makeup for her POC friend and, like, it comes, like, as a bigger nightmare than, like, she already <laughs> knew it would be. Like, it's just, like, that's not, no one should pity me. It's just stupid. Um, okay, so this is, like, a bronzer, a blush, and a highlight, and I got you, this is, like, a, it's, it's not a sample pack, but it's one of the smaller ones. I didn't get you like a huge palette because one, people go cray cray with the contour and all that shit and yeah. stuff comes and you don't know what you're supposed to do with it and where you're supposed to put it. Right. I was like, yeah, like I can't, I'm just not allowed to be alone with contour. That's my thing. Um, so I got you this because everyone you, like, needs. you like contouring your face at home alone for? No, I just like, I well, like I want to be better at that stuff. Yeah. So like I do watch videos and like practice and like I because I do love makeup like I used to wear the same eye all the time like I wore like a heavy black eyeliner and a purple eyeshadow (laughs) I love the name of these two it's like it's the Hamptons Weekender and in like one of the shades is Beach Getaway Summer House well you are from New York the blush and then the last one is Farmer's Market yeah (laughs) I know Farmer's Market like a Hamptons like a Hamptons Farmer's Market yeah 
Sunkissed for the farmer's marquee. So that's a highlight. The first one's a highlight, so you can glow to the gods. Okay, so I got this for you because um, it's the rainforest of the sea part. And, like, this looks cool because it looked, like, watery. And, like, cool. yeah, and, like, it would... um. Like it would wear really quickly at first, like almost like kind of like a lip stain chapstick. Oh, that's cute. But yeah, open it up. It is kind of pretty, right? Very pretty. Purple. It looks like a could be a vibrator. Ooh. And then like put it on your hand because it's not at all that dark. Sorry, I'm like being a fucking bossy mom. That's pretty. But then if you like, if you like. It'll lighten up. It does look a little vampy on your hand right now, but I figured for you it would be better than, well, I'll show you another option that was just like, I came and I was like, you're so stupid. Um, okay. And then this product is Ready, Set, Radiant, and it's a skin mist. Tell me a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, I love you. Okay, so basically Ready, Set, Radiant. This is a refreshing, vegan-friendly skin mist that brightens, fortifies, and smooths skin for a fresh face complexion. It's a glow-giving skin tonic uh, that's infused with antioxidant-packed cucumber, fruit, blah, blah, blah. I'm having so, a glow-up, so it's appropriate. Yeah, and so this is basically – I'm like, yeah. So this is basically something that you can put on on your face every day and with or without – like a, another product, you know, like a whether you use a concealer or something or not. So this is my fail. And by the way, Skin this mist. is a, a makeup bag that I got for free from Yankee Candle because I took advantage of their sale. Um, so this is the skin color I picked for you. <laughs> Always a fun. The skin mist smells lovely. Isn't it nice? Yeah. Um, I hope it's it not... like I want to know how it you have to. It tastes weird. Well, yeah. I got some of it on my lips. You have to hold your breath when you spray. You can keep your lips in too, but hold your breath when you spray stuff like that on your face. Oh. You should know that, girl, about spraying on your face. Okay, so anyway, um, <laughs> this is the skin color I thought was pretty close for you. Okay, I could see that, yes. And I'll show you the ones that were like before and after so you can get like yeah, a usually they're very stark so, so. this was the one that was before that one yeah she's too light she's so light and then this is the one Ooh. oh maybe actually this was the one i picked this was the okay. one i picked yeah maybe that's i feel like that's closer but then yeah this is the one after that yeah <laughs> okay this is like a medium toned african-american woman black woman i don't know what she is but it, she has much darker skin so that was the spectrum okay this is the the stuff that came okay that's very light it's very light i was like this is i was embarrassed i was like cancel the segment like which by the way like you didn't even consent to this like i just did it myself but um how is it bad Oh. Oh, uh, we'd have to put it on your face, but it's not terrible. Okay, I'm going to put it on my face. Oh, oh, we should get like a blender or something, like a beauty blender. I gave you BBs. Is that what is I don't know. I just called them that right now. Is that okay? How Do you like work? a um Oh, I like that you have a a gentle touch. No, good. You're not. A, you don't have a heavy hand. That's nice. Um, it's my face. I love her. 
That's nice. Actually, it's not bad at all. Okay. Wow, well, that was, was a lot of say, drama. I was gonna say, here's the thing. Like, this is this is tan. I'm tan right now. Yeah. Oh, true. Um. Yeah, because yeah. Like more shoulder. No. Area. Oh, that's perfect for you, actually. <laughs> I was. I so had a lot in, of drama going on when I picked fine. that. No, because I. This is. I added two drops of that to like a light foundation I had to see if it really was like as light as I thought it was. And it like wound up being appropriate for my skin. Okay. And I was like, oh, this like this isn't right. Cause I'm the I'm like always the second to lightest color, usually. Right. Right. Maybe the third. Cause I have neutral. I would say maybe a shade darker, but yeah. I think we're okay. If when your tan goes away, I think it'd be perfect. It doesn't because I'm in Nelly. Oh, right, right, right. Well, you're, are was- you not wearing SPF? Oh, Christina. <laughs> You still get tan if you wear lotion. I wear it on my face. Every day? Yeah. Because it's a moisturizer. What SPF? 30. Okay. You shouldn't be getting tan like that, especially if you're in an office. I know, but I drive. I spend about 45 minutes each way driving. I think I'm very concerned (laughs) that you have a a fucking nonstop tan. I just tan really easily. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Wow. If I if I had a tan, if I lived here all year, that would be crazy. You kind of do. Is aren't your shoulders like different from your forearms? Not fucking really. <laughs> like, I have a straight up like gradient on my arm from like all the different sleeves that I wear. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, and like even in the car when I'm driving, if it's like hot. Yeah. Like, because the sun is beating on my arm. I'm, <laughs> I'm like furious. And I, all I want to do is like get home or fix it. Sometimes I'll throw like a sweatshirt over my arm so the sun won't beat on my arm like that. I'm not getting a fucking melanoma. Like, I probably already have them. Yeah. I'm concerned for myself. Well, you care about yourself. No. Not enough to go to a doctor. <laughs> um, no, I mean, if I had to, I would. But. Yeah. Thank you for all these wonderful gifts. I'm going to try to find some YouTube tutorials to learn how to use them. Oh, they're not gifts. They're tax write-offs for our business. Oh, right, right. Um, <laughs> it's an important segment for the show. Uh, no, but it is because I want to know, you just were talking. I mean, what are the odds that you didn't even plan that, that we wound up talking about making little changes for yourself and treating yourself? I know. And you don't have to use all those at once. Right. You can pick one thing at a time. Well, I, yeah, I'll use all of them. I think You don't got to like, but I mean like. Like farmer's markets getting used. You don't have to use it all. <laughs> you don't have to use it all every day is what I'm saying. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, oh. The other thing, too, oh, this is the thing that I picked out for you that I was like, Molly. Um, but I didn't know what it would come like. Wow. What is that? It's a, it's like a lips, it's like a lip pencil and it's like this red. Uh, do you, is it like the same thing as a lipstick? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like a, it's just like a gloss, but in a, in a crayon form. Cool. Do you like that? I do. Okay, good. That's like a fun, like, mm, going out we have. Yeah, I don't know if you put wigs on or whatever you do. Or when I see my secret family. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm so excited for your for your <laughs> journey. Um, do you want to take another call? Yes, I think that's great. Please just, like, keep us updated, girl. Like, you know. On my makeup journey? Yeah. Okay. Next, I'll- like, after your first week, let's talk about it. Okay. And Sarah Benincas is coming on this weekend, and we're gonna. I want to talk to her about her late thirties glow up. 
Yes. Because like that was a very inspiring journey for me to watch right. her. And also I need to lose like um, 30 pounds um, before April 24th for um, like a college reunion thing. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, I don't know if she can speak to that per se. But I, while we're there, we can talk about the the, the burgeoning makeup routine and... We can also talk about loving yourself as you are. Yeah. And well, no, that I, I just like don't want to buy new pants. Okay. Um, also, I was like hefty in college. Like I only took it off my last year. Like I feel like I'm, I'm back to my college weight and I'm like. Oh. That's the goal, though. No, because I was hefty in college. I know, but most people will be significantly heavier than their college selves. So. Yeah, but like I, I was like pretty slender for the last like, you know, decade plus. So, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. I have to work on myself. We all do. I just feel like now. Okay, so you told me your friend goes to the fucking Glendale Pilates Club, and now I don't want to go. <laughs> Not because I don't like your friend at all. I just don't want to ever see anyone ever where I work out. Yeah. So I would like to be invisible. Okay. So I feel like you sabotaged my relationship with Glendale Pilates, and that's why I'm not healthy. There are other Pilates places in Glendale and or Eagle Rock. Well, that one's near my Starbucks. Okay. So um, let's do our call. Hi, Malls, Christina, Wags, and Guest. Um, I just watched the wild documentary Behind the Curve about Flat Earthers on Netflix, and I would really love to hear Miles' t- take on it. Um, also, Christina, or the guests, if they've seen it. It was a really wild time. I felt extremely empathetic for these people that seemed like they were kind of on the outskirts and just looking for community, but really, that's just my take. I don't know. Um, yeah, tell me what you think. Bye. I actually found it independently of this person calling, so I was excited that we got a call about it. Because now you believe? No. Okay. But I I get why people believe things like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the documentary actually did a great job. I thought it was a good documentary. I'll be real with you. I only watched like the first hour and a half, much like Selena. Yeah. I was shocked at how long it was. Right. Like I couldn't at a certain point like – First of all, again, I'm behind on all my media. So at a certain point, I'm sure I just had to do something. But like an hour and a half in, I was like, you know, I wanted to know where it was going. Like, and you can spoil that for me if you want. But um, it seemed very like in a weird way, like um, when the Louis Thoreau Scientology documentary came out or something or even like going clear. It's like, yeah, like this is news to like most people like this is a good introductory but I already knew that you know yeah like I wasn't learning anything like super new because like I already feel like I'm in conspiracy like reached about that all the time anyway yeah so um it's crazy how that was reddit's reaction too was like talking about it was just like they fucked up so much of this shit like in terms of what just like they felt like it was glossed over or not accurately explained or like you know so-and-so was a hack or Mark wasn't speaking from like a 
wasn't speaking from like a real place, you know? Interesting. I actually should look up what their reaction. You're talking about flat earther Reddit or people Reddit in general? Um, Like, well, people like swarm that shit. So like, cause like Michael Jackson, like you can't even look up anything about finding Neverland right now because half of the threads are swarmed with MJ fans. So it's like very, anytime something like that happens where there's like a big movement, especially flat earth, like this is a pretty big like thing for them to have a movie made about their conspiracy. Right. When in reality, like it is a, it's a preposterous thing. Like it's just, it's a like a, a wild thing to really believe in, you know? So this is like kind of a, a lot of like attention on them in a very like basic way. And I feel like, anyone who really believes in something when it's being introduced to the masses, like how could you ever be happy? Yeah, with that's that? absolutely true. And also the thing that my takeaway from the documentary isn't learning necessarily like flat earthers theories or who they are. It was more like, I, I actually really enjoyed the behavioral science scientists that they had on. Yeah. To explain. The check, uh, the girl. And also like uh, the guy that was like, you shouldn't shun them. Oh, yeah. You know what like, I mean? Yeah. Like, that's not that, like, how to, like, and even how they process information. Because I think about that a lot as a journalist, right? Right. Especially in this era of, like, era of fake news. Like, how do we pierce those bubbles? How yeah. do we pierce that, that thought? And it's actually, like, the more you try to fight against it, the more people dig in deeper. Yeah. And so it's a great insight in terms of, like, seeing how people can have this factual information that's out there. Disc discarded yeah their own beliefs and even when they're confronted with more and more and they're shunned by their families which speaks to another point about how we talk about conservatives right, right? we shun them yeah and they just well i was thinking deeper. juggalos like juggalos as well they're like they're just like marginalized like flat earthers is like different in a way than like more politically aligned things mm -hmm. because I feel like it's just like they're just trying to do their thing. I'm talking about how people process information. Right. It's all the same thing. Yeah. Where to the point of like, you know, I've, I've been looking at like this kind of stuff for a while. And when someone is um, corrected on their ideals, it activates the same areas of the brain that process physical pain. Oh. Uh. So it's a real physiological thing that's happening to your body and also to your mind when you're presenting with things that are could be factual, but they challenge your ability to discern as a person. You, Will you give like an ex so like you're not are you feeling physical pain or like is it just like that? That's so interesting. Like what does that tie? Like how does that show up basically? It's like I guess there's like internal anxiety that it might cause mm. or this kind of like. A belief that someone's calling you stupid when they're not necessarily calling you stupid they're just saying like what you believe in is not factual i can imagine it being like emotionally like be feeling like shot with a gun yeah you know like that's sort of like similar just like for certain people betrayal or like shock or like violation or just outrage yeah yeah, yeah. and so you do i wrote notes <laughs> oh look at you um yeah it's uh it yeah, it activates the same part. Of, it causes a flight or fight, flight response. Yes. So that means like people get defensive, right? Right. Without, so they're not going to be receptive to any information because they're on the defense. Or freeze, right? Fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. 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 And so like, you know, there are things that we have called identity protective cognition, which like when our sense of self is getting attacked, our uh, 
our like brains have defense mechanisms and part of that is just denying straight up facts like (laughs) so how do we might like how do we change people's minds you know and i look at stuff like that and that documentary kind of like helped put that into perspective yeah wow because like at one point there's a guy who's uh giving a presentation in a bar because they have scientists that are like talking in a bar about stuff and he's like we make fun of these people but they're actually potential scientists because right. they are really dedicated to finding an answer yeah. in search of the truth, right? Yeah. Just like scientists are. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it, it is like the work that they do is pretty phenomenal. And it has nothing to do with intelligence. No. You know what I mean? There are, And there were engineers in that documentary working to prove, like guys who are definitely smarter than me in terms of like being able to figure out math yeah. and physics and how the world works that, you know, we're actively trying to prove that their world is flat. Yeah, it is funny because, like, there was an absurdity when he, um, that one guy, Mike, I think his name was, when he said, you know, there's there's always a whistleblower on the inside. Yeah. Like, when he was talking about the government. Yeah. And I was like, he's not wrong. Yeah. Like, there are fucking kooks that work in government, too. 100%. Like, there are people, not to call, I'm not calling flat earthers kooks. I don't even really like that word. Sorry. But, yeah. like, stigmatizing I, the mental health people, too. I just, sorry. I just mean, like, um, like, you know, yeah. I forgot what I was saying. It's okay. What was I saying? It's, uh, we were talking about the guy Mike in the thing. He's like, Oh, yeah. No, I mean, like, but there are people in the government that believe all sorts of things. There's people that have stepped forward about MKUltra. There's people that have stepped forward about, like, you know, pretty much any conspiracy you can name. There has been a former government official that's like... The government did crazy shit that wasn't even conspiracy theories to most people. Like, they were actively trying to get, like, Martin Luther King to kill himself. And I respect the fuck out of people that aren't going to, like, go to their grave with that. Yeah. That's, like, a very cool thing, and that's, like, you know, I think that's important. Like, I think that, like, there are but a lot of secrets that have died. a betrayal of the country. Yeah. You know? Oh, well. You know, like, I think that some of these things are betrayals of humanity. Right. So, like, right. who cares about the country? Like, if there's things that have affected the world that are being covered up, I mean, like, how many secrets have died with generations of people? Right. You know, like sometimes there'll be like a leak or like some folklore or something like that or like, you know, people that are not often listened to that have information. But yeah, it's fucking crazy. I um, I need to finish the documentary. I do think that, you know, I've always like held a special place in my heart for like subcultures and also fans of things. Um, The one thing I will see is the guy... um, I believe did he the younger guy he started to have some like red pill talk where he was talking a little bit about like he started to sound a little bit like an incel like he was just sort of like bouncing the ping pong ball yeah and I really liked him at first and then I just was like oh no he's bought into like all the rhetoric and you know when really smart people aren't focused in one space like in one in a certain way sometimes if they're wired to go another way, that can be just as toxic as like anything. Yeah. You know, ultimately my biggest takeaway was like, these people are lonely. They're yearning to feel a part of something. Right. And this was their entry way to feel a part of something. But also made them like married. I don't think they're alone. Like, no, it's, it's a weird dichotomy of like 
there's not a lot in their community it's they're lonely in in a friend sense or like in a personal life sense like they're they're yearning to be a part of something while also being um independent of something like looking yeah. like an outsider of like not being in the crowd in the like with the sheeple well you know that's what I mean? that's not like, to keep bringing to special, it back to, to the different. juggalos but like i've always felt that way like thank god for the gathering where all the juggalos can see each other because for many people like you might not have one other juggalo kid in your town yeah and like maybe you know a, fr- a few friends in the state through the internet but like for the most part like you're in a church or a club of your own like right. it's very it's also very visually isolating yeah you know um yeah i i respect i respect people that that choose i mean pretty much anything that they believe in for the most part like outside of hate groups and stuff like that anyone who chooses to be passionate about something i respect that I do. Like, I joke about being a flat earther. And part of it is because, like, I love when people ride for shit. Yeah. Like, when people really, like, ride for something, that gets me, like, so... I get excited for them. That's in a very addictive energy for me because it's so positive and, like, hopeful, you know? Yeah, but I do do say, like, it... To me, there is a little bit of danger of something like this growing where people sure. don't believe, you know, because then that extends to like, well, where do they stop believing? Do they stop believing that climate change is happening because all the calculations to do it were based on a model that was based on having a round earth? Like where, you know, I worry about the snowball effect of the, those belief systems. I mean, yeah, plenty of people already believe in those things and the last thing you need is for them to all get married that was kind of what i was saying about the young kid where i was like oh he's buying into all of it like he drank all the Mm kool-aid like especially when you start to say something you know like oh women are a drain on you or something like that's that's the whole philosophy of the red pill like world and um it made me sad that he was comfortable saying that on on a documentary. Like, yeah. this is his opportunity to, like, talk about the things he believes in. And that was on a short list of priorities for him. Right. Sucks. Yeah. But, you know, I would rather people... I don't know. I think that in some ways I think that we were all fucked over when we got so advanced that we could just, like, look up anything we want or yeah. whatever. But also there's something really cool about being able to seek out whatever you want and kind of put that together artistically in your brain. Like that's how people, different people happen. And I think that's, you know, for better or worse, people being, you know, themselves and different is like the best part of the, of life. Yeah. You know, Mm. um, do you want to take another call? I feel like we got to talk about the Lori Loughlin thing. Okay. So what are your thoughts? I love this story. It's like scam adjacent. Mm-hmm. I love a good scam, but it's also like so unnecessary. Like I was telling someone today, like these kids could totally not go to college and be fine. Like literally this girl like already has a career that was making her a lot of money. And I think the thing that I keep coming back to is that this was a vanity thing for her parents probably. Yeah. Because they never went to college and that was like a big reason why they pushed her to go. And I was like doing some like research today. I was buffering. I was buffing up and um, like she did this interview. I don't know who the fuck Zach Sang is. He does a lot of interviews. Do you see him like around? He's no. always do- he always does like long interviews with Ariana Grande. Like he gets he gets these big 
interviews and people really like sitting with him. I assume that he was like a child actor or something. Yeah, okay. Um, but anyway, so he sat down with like Olivia Jade and they were doing this like she he asked her about college and her parents and she said something about how like, yeah, her dad actually like like um, lied to his parents about going to college and used the money. He like scammed his parents and used the money. They thought he was at college to like start Massimo, like the brand. Right. And it was just like, oh, that is, first of all, that did not age well. Like, cause this is, that was a week ago that she was telling this anecdote and also about how she didn't really want to go to college. You know, I saw that YouTube video where she was just like, I really just want to go for the party experience. Yeah. And she was she still saying that like up till a week ago. It's just so oh, really, it's interesting because she did a follow up video the week later and apologized for it. I think that like she like what what it is, is like it is sort of a consistent thing where it's like, oh, I'm going to class like, you know, like it's never like she's not she's never like motivated about school in a positive way where she's like cramming for an exam like. I wouldn't say she's like a a model like student online in that way where we think Olivia Jade really cares about her grades. Um, She just didn't want to go. Well, so like that's the whole thing. It's like also there are a million ways to get your kid into a school that's not this like dumb. Yeah. It was so sloppy. So for them specifically, for people who don't know, they claim that she was uh, being recruited to row crew for USC. Yeah. Which she has probably never picked up an oar. Is that called a life. coxswain? Is that what it's called when you are a rower? A coxswain? That was what I was noticing. Oh. I was like, I've never heard that. It sounds Britishy and appropriate. Yeah. I've never heard that word before, but they were like, they swore Olivia was a coxswain. And I was like, I would pick a different like word if I was going to make up an athletics career. Yeah. Coxswain. Yeah. Gross. I coxswained for Harvard. Yeah. Anyway, that aside. So that's that was the lie that for that for that particular kid. Yeah. And that and that bribe cost them for both daughters five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. They spent five hundred thousand dollars on that. Yeah. Not to mention like whatever they've paid to sort of like upstart like their other endeavors. Right. You know? And I just I think it's unfortunate because, you know, I don't know, like I was reading the Jezebel comments on an article today about that they did about like sort of Olivia Olivia Jade's brand or whatever. And like who this young girl is that's at the center of this thing, which is, by the way, not entirely true. There was 20 families, including Felicity Huffman's family, were they were all wrapped up in this. We'll get to that. A lot of these people are just rich people. We don't fucking know. Um but someone was saying, like, who do you think, like, do you, what do you think Olivia's more genuinely upset about now? It's probably, the, like, most of their classmates. That her mom is going to jail? Yeah. Or that, like, basically her brand is ruined? Do you think for sure she's going to jail? Um, I mean, it's a federal crime. Mm-hmm. I think they probably would like to make an example of this. Like, education is a very big deal in our country right now. It's a huge conversation conversation around like debts and finances and like admissions and all of that it's all a very hot topic right now I don't think they're looking at jail time I mean he is also so they were the Lori Loughlin and her husband Massimo Giannulli or whatever their last name is they were the only like couple that I saw 
that was on the list together. Oh, yeah. A they lot didn't of have the, enough on William H. Macy to make him like they had some stuff on him, but not enough to make a case. Yeah. Him. And like also a lot of these other people I was going through the documents, a lot of these other people who were involved, they weren't doing it as a husband wife team. Like it was really usually just one spouse pulling the trigger, which is a, probably the smart thing to do. And I'm sure very, very wealthy people for the most part are a little bit more trained. But I think, you know, they're Hollywood. They, you know, they earned their own money. They're not like from rich families. Like they're probably pampered a lot as celebrities to an extent. They were very sloppy about it. Like they were both on the phone. Right. They were like answering when, certain lines of questioning when they didn't realize that they were being recorded basically yeah. oh my god i want the audio i this needs to be a podcast because i want the audio so bad. did you read the transcripts no i, didn't, I only brought a brief one yeah it's like fascinating because like william h macy also he was very judicious like he picked his words very fucking carefully like he was very smart with how he handled himself and like i think he had it seemed like not full confidence in it Mm -hmm. But also was like, if this is what his wife wanted, it was going to happen. Maybe they had a totally separate conversation. But he almost seemed to act like he knew he was being recorded. Mm -hmm. Like, Lori and Massimo, theirs was a mess. Like, it was like, that would really? be like if you were talking to me. Like, it was just sort of like almost, Lori started to tighten up a little bit towards the end. Right. But they were shooting back and forth emails and like, you know, he was recording conversations and they weren't as tight lipped at right. all. Right. And so I, I do think it's like it sucks that her both of her parents are involved in this. She definitely she had to have known. Unless her parents were truly deceptive and were like she was working out and they like took a picture of her in the rowing machine. But I like I was like watching some of her like workout videos today to see her routine. There, there's no rowing machine in that. She's never sat on a rowing machine. That's what I'm saying. Like they said that one kid had like never picked up a soccer ball or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they're all like photoshopping people's faces onto different like. <laughs> and like I love like the bad Photoshop memes that are going around right now, but I want to see the one, the good one. I want to see the one that they really tricked people with because. That's probably it's going to be, be either eerie or just ridiculous. I'm so excited for all this stuff to come out. Like when your parents are paying five hundred thousand dollars to get you into college. What's that Photoshop job look like? You know, so you think she can't come back from this? Her brand can't. Um, well, additionally, I'm like, waiting for the apology that video. The, she openly uses her OJ uh, initials at USC. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, but I, uh, I, oh, I'm sorry. The I'm, apology video. I'm waiting for an apology video, but I will say like, she already kind of had a light on her in the community from what I can tell based on being a rich girl. Right. Like a lot of her videos were like sort of luxury stuff, high end stuff. Like she got roasted recently because she did like an affordable jewelry. Like that was her video before. Her last one or whatever. She just like posted yesterday too. I was looking at her Twitter. I was like, ooh, that's so unfortunate. <laughs> it was like seven, seven looks or something. Um, but her one before that was affordable jewelry. And like, but her affordable to her meant under a hundred dollars. 
So like a lot of the rings and stuff were like 90 bucks. Yeah. And she's like, of course I have my Cartier rings. She's like that, but that's not part of this. But like that is one of my staple go-tos. But like everything on me is like affordable. And it's, you know, like, yeah, but like I, if I bought like an $80 ring, I wouldn't be like, oh, this is the nicest thing I have. I'm also a 35-year-old fucking woman. Like I'm not her 12-year-old audience. Yeah. But $80 on a ring, like in high school... That would have been like a really fucking nice ring to me. 100%. Totally. 100%. And like for like a blingy cocktail ring. Like yeah. it's just like it's so I think that she already has the odds stacked against her in that sense. Then, you know, there's a whole element of like if her viewers are around her age, they probably are either in massive debt or, you know, didn't get into the college they wanted or, you know, whatever. Like most people in America are living closer to, you know, I mean, the average income is like, you know, you see, it's not, it's not great. Like Americans struggle, you know, a lot of Americans struggle. Yeah. There was something uh, recently that came out, like if a, a four, somebody needed uh, $400 for an emergency, like about half the country or maybe more than half the country wouldn't don't be even able to, wouldn't yeah. be able to do, afford that. Yeah. 400, $400. Yeah. And that, it's true. It's true. 100%. And like, so I, I look at that and I say the college element of it is really unfortunate for that reason. And then just the, you know, it's unlike, it's the lying to the fans. It's the unlikability of your parents having half a million dollars to blow yeah. on. It's not like your parents making a $250,000 investment that you're going to earn back on. Like, what is this girl going to do with a fucking college education? Like, are you kidding me? What? She didn't need it. No, I didn't need mine. Like, for me, the best part of college was, like, I really got to, like, find my voice and learn I wanted to sketch comedy. And, like, I I learned stuff, absolutely. But, like, and I loved my college experience. But no one's ever asked me for a transcript. Like, the, the bonus of being who she is is that she doesn't, that door's open for her. Yep. You know, and so, so she I, doesn't need the education. Right. So which got back to me thinking that it was more of a uh, a social status thing amongst her parents. And I the agree. pressure that they might have felt. Because she didn't want to go. In their community because of like, yeah, it, it would have impact their social status somehow. Yeah. And it's just, it's crazy because they feel like. And sorry, the correct statistic is 40% of Americans can't cover a $400 emergency expense, which is almost you know, four in 10 adults. That would have, yeah, there's been most, more often in my life than not, that has been my living situation. And I think probably even the one I grew up in, I don't really know. (laughs) My mom did a pretty good job of keeping the particulars of our finances away from me. So I didn't really know that. But like, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's just a really brutally unlikable combination. And I don't, I, I feel bad. I don't know why. I know I'm the only person who feels this way. You feel bad for Lori Laughlin? No, for the daughter. Oh, yeah. And I know that that's so unlikable. Right. But I can't. I always try. I like. <coughs> well, she's kind a, of a child. To a fault. Yeah, I find empathy in people. Like, truly. This girl did not want to go to college. She couldn't have said it more times. She couldn't have been, like, more clear in vlogs that, like, she didn't want to go to school. Not doing well in school is a big indicator that she probably didn't want to keep she going She wanted to, to drop out of high school. Yeah. Like, so I, I just think that, like, you know, I don't know why her parents would have that complex because they feel like 
when we look at kids who are out there making money at 18 now and can support themselves, that's a huge success. Like you've cut out the middleman, yeah. AKA like the years of grueling studies and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, this, you know, if anything, send her to fucking fit him. Yeah. Like, you know, why USC? Yeah. Of all schools. Like, why do they have their eyes on that school so much? It's a status thing. Yeah, I guess. But also, like, then get her into fucking Harvard. Like, yeah. if you're going to, you know, like, USC is a great school. I'm not shitting on it at all. But if it's like, if it's a status thing, then, like, go all out. Yeah. Well, and then the Felicity Huffman thing was completely different where, like, this basically, one, yeah, this made me sweat. Basically, they arranged for uh, when the kid was taking the SATs, she had a proctor that was kind of in on it. And so either they would take the test for her or they would change the te- the answers on the test that she submitted. Before. I can't tell you like <coughs> how afraid of breaking the rules at the SAT test I was. Man, same. Like I had, I was in top form like an hour early, all my sharpened pencils, fucking eyes on my paper, like not even questions. It's unbelievable. I, I guess like so this high. is the thing, like when you grow up, like you believe certain things that adults tell you, like how high stakes it is and you really buy into it. Yeah. But I do think that like the SATs is one of those things where it's like should be untouchable. Like the rules around that shouldn't break and, break and bend. You should be like sworn in to do a job like that the way you would for like any elected office. Like it's a big fucking deal. And to think about like something as pathetic as like a crooked SAT like monitor or whatever they are is crazy like those should be people that are sent in by the board and if he was just a crooked guy like that is so dirty yeah I think that the guy who ratted on everyone though because they said that they found out about this through accidentally through another investigation um I think that the guy that told was like the guy who wound up taking the SATs for everyone oh like he was one of the facilitators because it sounded like some of the writing in the court documents, I read a lot of them today. There was the guy that sort of facilitated it and then there was another guy and then that like took the test and they agreed to cooperate and spill the tea. Can I just say, I also love that it was called Operation Varsity Blues. I know, I don't want your life. I don't want your life. It literally is that girl didn't want their life, but yeah. they forced them to go to college. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I mean... I also feel bad for all the kids that their parents did it above their head. Yeah, they they mentioned that, right? There was yeah, like that's some, some of them. Know. Yeah. Well, I mean, and how could you? I mean, and what does it mean for their admissions? Like the kids who are who got in under these circumstances. Oh, well, like is she like, this is, is she gone? This are they all these ins- kids this gone? This is an insane conversation. I can't believe people are even having it. After something like this, you are so fucking humiliated and you are so hated that I w- I. If Olivia Jade ever shows her face on that fucking campus again, I would drop dead of shock. If I was any of these kids, apparently I, someone who went to Boston College, I went to Boston College, went through this as well. Like, the, And I can't imagine. At BC, that would have went around like fucking wildfire because like you know whose parents are rich and dirty like that. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. there's only a few kids that par- like their parents are rich, rich, rich. And like when you've got 250 to drop on – not even a, a life thing. Like they're not going to necessarily if they if these kids are not bright enough to like 
get into these schools in the first place, what is their college degree going to do? Yeah. To like take them to the next level. Like the same thing with the Olivia J thing. She's not going to earn back that money. She would have, she only would by doing what she was already doing. And I do want to talk about the element of like these people taking someone else's spot because I think that is important. But I also want to be very realistic about the fact that like if it wasn't her getting in through the back door in such a disgusting way, like an illegal fraud way, there is someone whose parent like would donate X amount of dollars to the library and they would have gotten into like That's there the are dirty student things everywhere. The first of all, these people are they did not need to go this way. That was right? what was so dumb. Right. Like it's like why like for why? Like if you want to accomplish this, there's ways to do it. Uh-huh. No one would mind you like everyone would think it's very respectable if you dropped half a million dollars on like the film program or something. Right? And like one of the doctors wants to be an actress. Like drop that money in the film program. But like I just yeah, I there's there's a lot of kids don't forget there's legacy kids there's kids who are getting in because their parents donate a lot of money you know um really high up family wrecks like there's ways that people get into college that are crooked all the time right and so while it's very easy to like look at olivia jade and be like i didn't get into usc like i was waitlisted you got my spot like that's a lot of energy to put at one person even though it's fucked up She's not the she is so far from being the she's just the example this week right. of people that are doing that. And right. so we're all 30 of the other kids who get to live in a significant more amount of anonymity, you know? Yeah. I mean, and then people were talking about the affirmative action element of it all and being right. like, you're focusing on the affirmative action when we should be really focusing our anger and our attention to like the crooked ways that rich people get into school. Right. Right. I mean, I do. I like again. Like, I think that there's there's a fair point to the affirmative action argument. I do find that this is where people sometimes get their eye off the ball, though, because like the problem here is really cut and dry. Rich people threw their money around to abuse a system and like fuck over a lot of people. Yeah. You know, like because also like every person in every department, everyone that worked with all of these people, now like they they probably either feel used or they feel like they're going to get scrutinized or they feel lied to or all of the above. And like, that sucks. Like, can you imagine going to your work and doing your job every day and trusting your coworkers and then finding out that he's doing like dirty shit like this on the side? It's crazy. I would feel like so, I would feel so betrayed. Yeah. You know, especially if you're just someone who's like honest and, you know, everyone works with some honest, nice person that's, you know, wouldn't isn't conniving yeah you would never think you know why would you walk around thinking that someone's probably doing something like that i don't know i don't know uh it's i can't wait to see how this plays out though they're pressing that us with cynicism this year the universe is really (laughs) really being like oh you're not cynical yet oh really here's this Oh, you have faith in humanity? Oh, wait a minute. Here you go. Yeah, just like, oh, you might trust people. Like, it's all just like, it's all just stuff where it's like, fuck, you can't trust anybody. Like, the Chris Watts case, I've been fascinated by that. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's really scary to think about how much you don't know what's going on sometimes. It's wild. What, What you can never predict and like, uh uh like who knows like who like the fucking people next door to me could be like 
I don't know if they're like Nazis or something. They could be, the, anyone could be anything. There was a full on drug ring in my apartment. At your place? Yeah. Oh, I see that. I could see that. I came home and the security guard, I was walking to my apartment and the police stopped me and the security guard came out and I, he was like, this is my tenant. Don't worry about her. She's good. And they let me go. And I was like, and he's like, yeah, there was a big cocaine ring when they were running out of it. And it was like, three, no offense. It was like three doors to- down I could from totally me. see that in your building. No, I know. It makes Because it's a big place. Like, it's easy to be anonymous there. And there's also so many units yep. that, like, people could, yeah. I know. Yeah. I wow. Know. I know. Mm. You want to take another call? Yeah, I sure do. All right. Well, Wags is. Wags is digging for bones on the couch. You finding bones? Hi, Malls, Christina Wags, and guest. Um, I'm the shoplifter from uh, the person I got arrested. I don't know what episode it was, but you aired it in, like, November. Um, I just wanted to thank you for taking my call because I only talked about it to one person in my real life, so I appreciate, like, having, like, hearing somebody talk about it. And I also wanted to thank Christina for calling me on my privilege and the whole situation because that wasn't something I had ever considered until she mentioned it and it's something that I really you know should have yeah I appreciate you calling me on that because I've been trying to work a lot of myself since then obviously um I did get five uh court ordered days of community service and I served those and I no longer have a criminal record so that's good I'm trying to you know look look at this as like a wake-up call and work on myself so nothing I don't do anything worse to myself I don't know I haven't been to therapy I've been putting off calling you until I went to therapy because I was hoping you know I could tell you why my therapist thinks I'm so fucked up and it would be like a more satisfying resolution but I've been putting it off for one reason or another even though I you know go between really wanting to go and feeling like I need to go but anyway, I don't really have anything else to say. I just wanted to say thanks. And um, love you guys. All right, bye. Oh, and I haven't stolen anything else since then. <laughs> okay. Wow, that was uh, that made us laugh. <laughs> First of all, congratulations on yeah. not stealing. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like you. Um, like, I... I think that you received that, like what Christina said, in yeah. a real way. I did feel like it was genuine. And genuine. That. Um, but, you know. but yeah, girl, like I know what you're what you're feeling, and it's. I think that you know you can hear it in your voice. You have a lot of shame. Yeah, and that's why you're probably feeling unmotivated or avoidant of therapy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. <sighs> Gosh, I knew I needed therapy and it took me like five years to actually get there. Yeah, it's hard to dig in. Yeah. It's really scary. And especially when you have something looming over your head, like, you know, well, especially you if fucking you fucking committed a crime. It's that. And it's also like you what I found out later is like you stigmatize yourself. You say that like when you say like my brain's fucked up, it's like, no, you're just in pain. Right. And this is how you're dealing with it. Yeah. And it's not a super healthy way, but you're not damaged. Yeah. You're just in pain. Yeah. And so, like, that was a big takeaway. Your brain is probably a lot closer to people who don't think their brain is fucked up. Yeah. Then, or maybe even better than. Like, I think it's a little weird to not at, like, to just know, like, 
to be so like, oh, well, that's just my brain doing this. Like, I think it makes sense a little bit to spiral out. I think that's normal a little bit. But ultimately, yeah. I, um, yeah. I hope you continue to work on yourself um, and uh, examine more learnings and cognition about your privilege in life. Um, But, you know, also figuring out and getting to the bottom of why you're, you're turning to that behavior. Yeah, I think that you have to, like, admit that this is, like, a little bit of a rock bottom. Like, this is a – these are the things that, like, when you don't – like, when you go to court over something that you did that was, like, really just, like, it wasn't for anything except for an impulse, like, the rock bottom after that, like, you don't really probably want to know. Mm-hmm. what that is. And so I think that now is the time to embrace that this is a turning point for you. And like you can choose where this goes from there. Like because yeah. you're going to be kind of stagnant unless you make a decision. Mm-hmm. And if you turn in the wrong direction, it could become that next rock bottom. Yeah. Yeah. So and I hear the shame that you're dealing with. Like absolutely. I, I get no pleasure and I I would be surprised if anyone did get pleasure out of like that shame that you had in your voice. That was really like, you know, it's hard to hear that because it's hard to hear that pain. You know, it's hard. I can put yourself, my, myself in your shoes and I, I, can, I just like, I want to hug you. I feel really bad. You're talking about this call or the original call? Just, even this call. Yeah. She sounds like she's in so much pain. Yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah. I think that like the first time she called, she was really upset. But like that was the heat of the moment as well. Yeah. And like she was really in the like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe I fucking did this. Now she knows she did this. Yeah. She lived through the community service. Yeah. And she's still this upset. Yeah. And like she's also, you know, I think brave enough to call back. Yeah. Like this is something, you know. I appreciate this call. She came to the people that were the few people that she spoke to and she did a follow up. And like. I think that what she's asking for is that next push, yeah. you know, and I think you have a good sense of humor about yourself. Like that really made us laugh yeah. at the end. Yeah. Um, you guys are really funny like that sometimes, but yeah, it yeah. just was, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm pulling for you. I really am. Yeah. Therapy's scary. It's scary because you have to actually do something. You have to actually confront the things that you've right. been working really hard at not confronting for a long time. That's very daunting. It's also daunting to be like, I'm going to open up my wounds and it might not work out. Therapy right? also starts really easy when you go in with something like this because mm-hmm. you start with the task at hand and then you go backwards from that. Yeah. So this is actually like a really good thing to walk in with. Like I find the most success in therapy when I walk in and I say this exact problem is causing me an issue in my life. I'm bumping up against it. Yep. I don't know what to do. I just had a really progressive like session because I had a thing where I was like I am struggling to deal with this thing in my therapist like we went through it she broke it down and like basically it's like um i learned that like i'm actually triggered like triggering is actually very very real and physiological like not just like mentally blocked but like there was something and i was triggered and like i was expected to respond immediately and i was triggered and defensive and i knew i was being defensive so i couldn't respond but i didn't know how to express that or be allowed to express like hey i'm feeling something right now and I yeah. can't, I can't, 
logically respond without being a little acerbic or like a little bit venomous because I'm in, in defensive mode. Yeah. I, I, so like I, now I, she made me cognizant of that and saying like, yes, you can express that. You can ask for that kind of pause to be right. like, hey, I need time to process this instead of just leaving, which is what I usually do. It's like, no, I actually just need a little bit of space to be able to process what I'm feeling without feeling defensive. Yeah. Because my brain is automatically going on a defense. And that that was like a much bigger lesson that you learned about yourself from that like anecdote or whatever yeah. that you started with. Yeah. And that is definitely what therapy is because as you have that conversation and that realization about that one immediate problem, you start to be able to like, you know, be more introspective about it. You go home with sort of like more lines of thought that either are assigned to you or sometimes not. Sometimes the like the like the weirdest, like unrecovered, strange memory like comes back and it's yeah. like, whoa, oh. And that could be after like a year after you talked about it sometimes. Yeah. And it'll be like, just like, bam, like that is a huge cause of issues for me. And like, that's totally like what this was about. But tackle, like, th- I think this is like a very, uh, like a blessing in disguise for you that you have this like specific issue and incident that you can talk about that you clearly have a lot of shame around. Yeah, obviously something was bubbling up and like you had reached beyond capacity. Yeah. And that was your way of dealing with it. Yeah. Yeah. And when something is like what's going to be good for you, it's very easy to create constant reasons why you can't do it. Even if it's like, just think about like if you procrastinated with homework, like but except now you're an adult and like that's not homework that's like functioning yeah you know and like you can't you can't put that off and like it's tempting to delay it for as long as you can right because who wants to go through pain and like you know the boring work of of growing up and helping yourself right but um yeah i i i really like i think that that's why you're not going to therapy you can do it it's also daunting to like find a therapist that you like, but I just went through this. Psychology Today has a really great database. You can filter through, you know, your provider. Yeah. You can also filter through the issues that you're working through and find someone near your location and you can see what they look like. You can see what areas they specialize in. Yeah. You can visit their website to see. Well, if, she know. has a therapist and she's not going. Oh, and okay. th- that's this is the thing that I just realized as as you were saying, like finding a therapist. She said she has a therapist. She's setting appointments and not going. Girl, if you're fucking incurring fees for oh, missed God. appointments, yeah. we will kill you. Like, personally kill you. Yes. Because that really is your privilege. Like, <laughs> if you're like, I'm if getting, you stole from Whole Foods and now you're like, you're not showing up to your therapy and like getting a 110, $110 like hit on your fee. Oh, Mine's 125. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I, that's like a conservative. Yeah. Like, you know, this is, I mean, ooh, girl, I will tell you, I, I, I hope to God you're not doing that. Um, but <laughs> if on the off chance that if I just hit the nail on the head, you got to re- you got to get your ass in there. And also just never mention that to us. Just, that's your secret. And d- also don't tell anyone it's unlikable. <laughs> really, honestly. But also like the alternative to not going is just to keep feeling miserable. That's really right. That's all you're doing. Well, that's like, you know, when you are in when you're in a place of shame, it's easy to steep yourself deeper in a shame, yeah. you know, and yeah. I, I can't I can't I, I know I keep saying that word. I just can't think of one other that I felt from that voice when she called. Yeah. That is a person who 
is having a hard time looking in the mirror. Mm. Feels ter- it's terrible. Um, well, thank you for calling and like updating us with that. 100%. Yeah, thank you. We yeah. appreciate it. And also, I feel bad because we could have done a more thorough exploration or exploration of the Lori Lachlan thing. I hope that we'll get to talk about that over the weekend. Also, I feel bad continuing to like make it about her and Felicity Huffman because there's a whole list of people right. that we're shitty. We just don't know them. And actually that's even more scary Yeah, because who the fuck are these rich people? Yep. How much control and power do they How have? How much did they spend? Though? Is that detailed? Um, I think that like the, I think it was like the lowest was like, I don't know, like 20,000, you know? Um, but like two, it seemed like 200,000 was like average. Jeez. Yeah. That may, I mean, cause I guess he like made between eight and 10 million and over the course of like four years or something the or like five is- years. Who plays Lori Laughlin in the Lifetime movie of this? Oh, I know. Well, first of all, she's a Hallmark person. I was I thinking know. about... She's been in some Lifetime stuff. I was thinking about that today, too. Um, I do know that I think Kate McKinnon's going to play Felicity and that Cecily Strong's going to be um, Lori Laughlin on um, SNL this week. Okay. If I had to place my bets on that. Um, that's all I feel comfortable doing this, <laughs> at this point. Um all right, I'll think about that. Um, you guys, tweet us with who you think is going to play who in the movie. Um, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. Christina, thank you for being here. Update us on your makeup progress. Um, let me know what you think. I'm, like, actually excited for you about this journey. Um, Wait, who's that actress you like? Uh, Juno Temple. Juno Temple. What could play her? Lori Laughlin. Juno's, like, 28. I know, but they always make them a little young, no? And he, Lori's like 50, <laughs> 55. She's We're talking about the lifetime version. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry to shit on anyway, your idea. Please cast I think up. higher of Juno than that. Okay. Um, please send us your casting ideas for Lori Laughlin and Felicity Huffman for the lifetime. Send us your this. nuts. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs>